and welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Dragone, and I have with me Father Andy Boyd. As usual, how's it going, Father? Good in you, Vince. Hey, I'm hanging in there. Numbers of COVID are going up. People are getting a little bit more crazy, stir crazy, I think. We got the holidays coming up. It's just, we got to make sure we're not stressing out too much. You're absolutely right. It's This is a crazy time, and just like I said in my uh, homily today, it is all about, the fact is, is that this is these are unprecedented times these are unprecedented times um you know the world is crazy as we know it and but that doesn't mean we should give up hope and that doesn't mean we should um live our life completely in fear uh no but rather and also we also need to be paying attention to what's going on around us um because even in this craziness you know there's still an opportunity for god to be working yes and i'm i'm getting increasingly disheartened um, and I got to get off social media. I, that's, I think that's really what the key is and yeah. all bad things live on social media. Um, I'm seeing, um, uh, Catholics and so-called Catholic pages on social media that are just spewing so much hatred, hatred towards, yeah. um, lockdowns for coronavirus, hatred towards the results of the presidential election. And it's, it's, it's just, it's disheartening and it's just so hard to, it's so hard to just, you just got to get your head out of the comments. You got to get, I mean, it's, I, I got to, I just got to stop looking at this stuff because it's, it'll drive yeah. you mad. And, uh, and I, you know, I feel for these people who are, who are upset about everything that's going on. I mean, I'm upset about a lot of the stuff going on as well, but, um, we have to remember that we have to stay virtuous, um, and not to let, you know, our rage and our hate, whatever, you know, whatever you're feeling, you know, bubble up to the surface. We need Absolutely. To, we need to pray. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing, especially right now when I'm hearing confessions, I probably have said this a few times now since the beginning of COVID. Um, the thing that I'm hearing in confession the most is, is that people are saying that they're just so angry all the time or they're, they're upset or they're, uh, or, you know, they're just not in a good place. And the thing that I always, there's two things that I asked. The first is, especially when we were going through the post the um, pre-election and post-election time, um, you know, right immediately post-election um, is I'd say, well, let me guess you have the TV on at home. Well, yeah. And I said, let me guess you're watching the news all the time. Well, yeah. I said, that's what is one of the major reasons that you're so miserable. Turn the news off. You know, I've heard from different people comments like, um, uh, you know, turn the TV off and actually pay attention to the people outside your home because uh, then you'll get a real picture of what's going on in the world. And it's just because it's really sad because really uh, the only way we're going to really know about our brothers and sisters next door is if we actually talk to them instead of just trusting the news media telling us that anybody that is like this person is evil and therefore should be avoided. Like that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. And, and a lot of this is really just, compounding the, the the typical um holiday depression that usually comes around this time of year and so right. it, it's it's just it seems just a lot worse and it's just people at work are upset like everyone's just like everyone just everyone's stress level is just higher this 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 yeah. year and, and and i get it i really do but you know we have to detach ourselves from some of these worldly things that really don't matter at the end of the day um and yeah. and we need to you know prayer and fasting um, yes, that's what we need to focus on. And for me, fasting doesn't really work out too well. Um, but, but try 
And that kind of gets into our, our main topic today um, when it comes to prayer. So, Father, would you like to introduce our main topic today? So Vince was talking with me a little bit uh, to our listeners. Um, he was talking to me about this whole thing, and we were discussing prayer. And of course, uh, one of the ways that we pray is currently, you know, a lot of people think when you think of prayer, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, I say my rosary, or I say an Our Father, or I say a Glory Be, or a Hail Mary. Um, but that's that's just like the tip of the iceberg of prayer. Like it goes much further. And what we were talking about is the idea of contemplative prayer, or another way to say it is mental prayer. And when we're talking about contemplative or mental prayer, uh, you know, I was talking with another priest of our diocese um, about this, and we were discussing contemplative and mental prayer. And I said, so what would you say if you had to talk to someone? He said, just trust in the three major saints on contemplative and mental prayer. And uh, I said, okay. And I had an idea of who he meant. And I said, so who do you, who do you say? Well, number one, St. John of the Cross, right? St. John of the Cross is like the leader in uh, contemplative mental prayer. And uh, he talks about um, entering into the way of total uh, separation um, from like the world and stepping completely away from the world so that we can have our souls to grow into union with God. Um that we develop within ourselves a great desire to imitate Christ, uh, the model of perfect, um, uh, you know, perfect servanthood and following him and to reflect on his life so as to learn from him how we should act, uh, you know. And so that's kind of what St. John of the Cross did. He lived his entire life looking for the, the greater good but not just the greater good, but entering into this experience of God so much that it took up his entire personhood. It took up his entire life, right? His focus was never on himself. It was always on entering into that mystery of being closer and closer to God. And it's tough, right? Like it's not an easy thing. Well, yeah. I mean, but, just, just think about, I mean, I have a hard time staying focused while I'm just doing a, a 10 minute prayer, even a five minute prayer. Uh, I have a hard time just focusing, you know, let alone, you know, for some of these people who pray constantly throughout the day, uh, you look at the, the, um, Carmelite nuns and they're praying like unceasingly basically. And it's exactly, that's, it's just like a, an athlete. It, you need to practice. It's not something that just comes naturally. Uh, I don't, I don't know anybody who, um, who prays like this that says, oh yeah, the first time I ever tried it, yeah, it worked just fine. It's like, no, there's yeah. always stuff coming into your mind that's that's constantly um, distracting you. Yeah, exactly. And the number one thing we want to look at is, um, you know, we're going to have these distractions in our prayers, especially in this early and this beginning stages of our experience of this contemplative prayer. And I know we kind of, you know, as a podcast between us and the guys down at St. Vincent's kind of harp on this, but I think there's good reason that we really are hitting home on prayer because number one, I don't think enough people are doing it. And number two, it is like the key and it isn't just like the key. It is the key to growing in a life with Christ and in a new way with God. If we don't follow along, if we don't do as the father commands and, and truly become in a relationship with him, we're not going to be able to go anywhere. We're going to be stuck in this repetitive cycle. 
Yeah. And especially now with everything going on, like it's, it's, it's really important to, pr- to, pr- to pray. Um, I know, you know, as we were just talking about, like, oh, yeah, I'm stressed out. We're all stressed out. And for me, that's, it's even harder to, to pray then. Cause I just feel like, I don't know, it's just like whenever, you know, if I have a, an argument with my wife, it's a lot harder to reconcile right then and there than just wait till I cool off to be able to do that. But if, if we wait until we cool off and we're no longer stressed, um, that'll be the day we're dead. I think, uh, the way yeah. things are going. So, so s- just stop now, stop what you're doing and pray, try to make time, uh, in your day, every single day, um, to pray. And we'll bring up some, um, some different ways that you can, uh, throughout the, the rest of this episode, but, uh, I can't stress the importance of it. And, you know, one thing, um, you know, you have a lot of meditation is a really big thing now, right? New age stuff, med- new age meditation, and focusing on, um, on on the self, on me, and be able to in, um, to de-stress myself by just meditating. And that's kind of like what this new agey weird stuff that's going on. And you got a lot of young people that are like, yeah, praying isn't cool because it's not like you know you you can't really meditate. It's like no, that's that's complete opposite. You know, we, we can you can do all that stuff except you're focusing your energy on God and it's, it's a lot less uh, selfish and you're actually doing something. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when we're so focused on ourselves, like we currently are, like we keep talking about with people who are solely watching TV all the time and are, um, you know, so worried about the uh, news and everything else, instead of actually paying attention to the true world around them, it, we become so self-absorbed, we become so self-focused that we lose track and lose sight of the bigger picture. And what is the bigger picture is the fact that we are all called to live in heaven with God forever and that we are called to make heaven known here on earth. Because as we talk about this, where is heaven? You know, is it some place light years off, you know, far away? Uh, no, it, it's here. It's now, right? It's also, yes, it's also the experience we're going to have when we're with God. But where do we have that experience now? But when we're in church and when we are in prayer with him. And so we really have to focus on that and pay attention to growing and discerning that prayer. And as, as you mentioned before, you know, it is important to pray. You can't build yeah. a relationship with God without it. And it's it's not so much that you just need to love God and God's going to, you know, just let you into heaven. Right. We have you have to pray. You have to believe the things that the church teaches. You have to do good works. These are all things that go into, you know, it's not easy to get into heaven. It's not easy. It's much easier to say, "Ah, screw you God, I'm going to go do my own thing." And it's so much easier that, to do that and go to hell than it is to actually be saved yeah. and go to heaven. And and prayer is a big part of this. And if you're living a sinful life and you're praying constantly, eventually you're either going to stop praying or you're going to end up living a less sinful life. I mean, we're all sinners. We're all going to sin. That's like, that's why we have confession, and it's such a wonderful sacrament that we have. But the biggest part there is if we don't have that prayer aspect of it, we can't build the relationship with God. And at the end of the day, we're just going to fall into sin because there's, there's yeah. really no other, there's no other way about it. Uh, we have natural law, sure, but that only takes you so far. Yeah. And so 
you know, now, but Vince, Vince, I'm not Father Andy anymore. I'm just your your friend Andy, um, your friend Andy that just keeps falling into sin and, and have, floundering and Andy. having a miserable life. Huh? Said my heathen friend Andy. There you go, heathen friend. Uh, if Father Larry was on here, he'd say, ah, the pagan, the pagan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I how... You know, prayer okay first off huh what's that gonna do for me that's just gonna waste my time as i sit there and talk to to myself prove it to me so the biggest thing whenever i encounter anybody that that is like that and i've never had someone just say it just like that but but i've had (laughs) you're welcome yeah (laughs) there's a first for everything sure and yeah you never know and you might be preparing me for the day that some troll comes up to me like that but when it, when it comes to someone who has never prayed or doesn't pray often or has struggled with prayer in the past, there's a couple things that go about it based on uh, where they are in their, in their faith journey. If they're yeah. not even Christian, if they don't believe in God, but they, you know, there's a reason why usually that they started talking to me. Uh, it's because, hey, okay, you believe in God. Maybe there is something. Maybe you're questioning it. You're just not sure. Yeah. That's what I just say. Hey, don't focus on picking up a rosary and just praying that. Don't focus on, you know, trying to do all these, you know, uh, a novena or something like that. Don't, don't, don't start there. Start with a simple, God, I love you, and I want to know if you're out there, and if you are, show me something, talk to me, whatever it is, and and just sit in silence. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I we didn't really kind of discuss that I was going to bring that up um, before I did that. So for anybody that's listening, I did really catch Vince off guard by that and made him think really on his feet. And he did a great job because uh, it's exactly what I wanted him to say, because the whole point is, is that it's, it's not, you know, everybody wants everything to happen at this immediately, right? We, we want all these good things to happen as fast as they can. And the thing that I always think about is, and I do this too, but every night I go to bed and I say, God, I just wish that you would give me a million dollars tonight. Just somehow, please let, let, let me wake up tomorrow morning and there's a million dollars in my bank account. You know, and if my prayer life was solely based on the fact that God is only going to uh, be there if he gives me a million dollars, I'm not going to get, you know, what I want and therefore God's not there. Uh, but it has to be incremental, right. right? It has to be small at first. And and when we ask, expect God to do something amazing immediately, we need to pay attention to what's going on around us. And and this this is the old adage. But um, oh, excuse me. Oh, I had I had um, a wonderful steak for dinner, and now it's, it's deciding to it talk again, back. Huh? Yeah. Um. But, you know, when we expect God to do something amazing really fast, first off, the old adage of it's in God's time and not ours. And it's so true. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't explain in my life. I'm only 20. I almost called myself something I'm not. I'm only 28. Um, But, I mean, in my short 28 years of life, there have been numerous times where something amazing has happened for me. But it took years or months or days and even now you know i pray to god i pray to god every day for one thing specific um in my life and it's the same prayer every single day but i it hasn't come true yet right and like this one prayer hasn't come true but then when i actually look back and i look back from when i first started saying this one specific thing in my life 
you know, I can see where God was there guiding my conversations, guiding my situations to get me to where I am today. And if I would have looked, if I look back to where I was a year ago, two years ago, heck, even three days ago, I'm a different person now than I was then because I can see where God's hand was in every situation. Maybe I didn't get what I wanted right away, but he's slowly guiding me to what he wants. And it ends up being so much better than what I want. Yes, absolutely. And so if I expect in my prayer that God's going to just, you know what, if God's really there, he's going to cure everybody of their cancer. Now, like God could do that if he wanted, right? We won't say that God can't do that. But there is a reason that he hasn't. And we don't understand it, nor do we need to try to understand it. But it's a wonderful experience. And so contemplative prayer is important. And like we said, it's not something you're going to get right away. It's not something you're going to be able to just say, okay, I'm going to sit down and pray for an hour and be able to make it through that, right? You, maybe if you're disciplined well enough, but if you've never done it before, it's going to be tough. Sure. And so it's the point of taking time with it, being still, and understanding something um, about it. So I said St. John of the Cross is number one from this one priest that I mentioned. And then the other one is St. Teresa of Avila. And the third is St. John Paul II. And um, I, the one thing that they all have in common when talking about contemplative mental prayer is that it's not something that you sit down and decide, okay, for one hour, this is my mental prayer, and then leave it there at that hour, right? This has to be something that, yes, we focus one hour of our day on or whatever amount of time that we can devote to it, but we focus in that hour on it, but then it has to be something that lives with us throughout the rest of our day. Yes, and I know one thing that, well— I want to before before we actually go any farther into any further into this. I do want to wanted to bring up one more thing uh, when it yes. comes to uh, so there basically I look at prayer like three different types of prayer or three different motivations for prayer. Let's say it that way. You have the the prayer of desperation. You know, sure, God, don't let this happen to me, please. And then the only time that you you know so you have that. Then you have the prayer of uh, God. If you could only give me this one thing, I will love you forever. And then you have the the third type of prayer, which is based out of just love for God and building a relationship with him. And I think all of us do all three of those. At one point or another, we all do all three of those. It's just whether or not, um, you know, I guess really it comes down to which one is the one you do the most. Is it the, the negotiation is it the desperation or is it just because I'm praying because I love God and I just want to um, enter a relationship with him? And that's the one we need to focus on. And so I agree with you entirely, but I think we're, we're missing one more aspect of prayer, right? Um, and that would be, you know, you're right. We have the praise and adoration and thanksgiving type of prayer where we're, we're very much, you know, saying to God, thank you and, and you're amazing and you're awesome. And we're saying, oh, but then we also have the opportunity to say, all right, God, um, I'll believe in you if, like you said. And then we can say, oh, God, please, please help me with this. But there's one more, one more prayer aspect that I think sometimes we forget is, um, but we do it all, all the time. And that one would be, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God, I messed up. 
and I'm not saying that in the the colloquial term of "Oh my God!" No, no, no. I I mean it in the "Oh dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I have messed up. I am so sorry, and I have made a mistake." And these are all very valid forms of prayer. These are all very valid components of Catholic prayer. But um, it can't just be one of those all the time, right? It has to be. It has to ebb and flow. It has to grow, and it's going to grow. And what we want it to focus mostly on in the end is the praise and the adoration because God is so good and God is so amazing. But in the beginning, it's not going to be that easy. It's not going to be something that um, ends that quickly. So when we're dealing with these prayers and making them an aspect of our daily life, right? It has to be something that we can start out with, okay, we're going to spend this section of time, maybe it's five minutes a day, in silent or some sort of contemplative prayer, but it can't stay there. Just like you can't just go to Mass, right? Yes, going to Mass is the high point of the week, and if you can go more often, that's better, Um, but... Those are your marching orders for the whole week. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to, like, get your prayer in there, really intense prayer, like, really, really focused, but then you're supposed to take that for the rest of your week and recreate that essentially at home obviously you're not having mass at home except if you're friends or, or with a priest or if you just happen to be the son of uh or you know uh, the parent of a priest is what i'm trying to say you know because my mother <laughs> whenever i go home she's like all right i want mass come on come on i want to go to mass yes mother so <coughs> excuse me um so you know it 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 shouldn't just be at church that we're praying right? We have to take that. And, um, the, you know, the closing of mass is go forth. The mass is ended, right? Go forth. The dismissal has ended. That's what Misa, Ite Misa S, the dismissal has ended. And so it means go, go out, but don't just go out and stay the same. Go out changed, enter into this contemplative prayer, enter into this moment of, um, finding, a way to truly focus our attention on Christ and enter into his life, allowing the spirit to focus in you. Amen. Amen. So what are, what are some ways, okay, for a beginner and then for an intermediate and then for someone who, Hey, they've mastered everything. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I don't know anybody. Please, <laughs> please, if anybody out there thinks that they have mastered prayer, please, I need some. Um, we need know, some tips. I need some pointers. <laughs> Could you like hit me up? Uh, I, I'd love some pointers on on why I haven't been able to master prayer. Um, you know, let's talk some very real steps right off the bat. Right, you and I we're physical creatures. Right, we we have a body. We live in a world that's physical. It's going to be difficult for us to exit out of the physicality of this world and enter into the spiritual because we have to get out of our physicalness. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it's not always easy. So the first thing is you need to schedule this into your day. Like you have to be deliberate. And this is like the first step. You have to be deliberate with your daily schedule. And and we I've said this before and I'll say it again. We have to schedule in a time in our day to do this. I think and a, a really to, a, I think some yeah. good advice that I've heard in the past is don't do it as you're lying in bed ready to fall asleep. 
because exactly. that's just your your mind's not on it. That might be the right. only time you think of it, but that's not the that's not the ideal time. Whenever you exactly. do make time, make make time throughout your day, like you said, and try to remove yourself. Go to a different room that you're normally not hanging out in. Don't exactly. have a TV in front of you. If you have a home altar, go there. If you don't have a home altar, build one. Um, and and try to yeah separate yourself from all the distractions in your home. If you have a bunch of kids running around like crazy, go to the basement, <laughs> go to the attic, go to the bathroom, go somewhere where you can limit the distractions. And the big thing is, is then once you're there, you got to be comfortable, right? You you don't go try to do contemplative prayer kneeling on a bed of nails like that. That's not going to help because then you're once again solely focusing on the physical aspect of what you're doing. You you need to be comfortable so that way you can actually enter into the mysterium tremendum, the tremendous mystery that you're about to try to undertake. When you're in this state, and now this is this is a model, a suggested model of contemplative prayer that kind of comes from the teachings of St. Teresa of Avila. But she suggests that you focus your attention on an image of Jesus, an, an, an actual physical image. So like if you can get, let's say you're having to pray in the bathroom, take your cell phone with you um, and get a picture of Jesus, you know, and um, turn off the cell phone, right? Just uh, turn it on to airplane mode and have that image of Jesus there. So you can truly look at it and you can contemplate it and focus all of your attention onto it. As you're going through this, the devil's really kind of good about this. Like he's going to try to get your attention to focus on other things. There's two steps that I suggest. Number one, always throughout the entire time that you're praying, have some sort of journal there. And I don't mean to um, to be able to journal about what you're um, in your prayer, what you're thinking about, but you should have two journals essentially, okay? Have one or at least two pieces of paper. One where you're going to write down everything that distracts you. You're going to write down um, the thoughts that are distracting to you, the worries, anything that, uh, any plans that you have for later in the day, or let's say like, um, and I, I hear this one often is father, I sit down to pray. And then I think about, Oh my gosh, I got to do all this stuff today. Like I got to get the chicken out to make dinner. And then I got to do this. I got to do that. Okay. Does the chicken have to be taken out right this second? Well, if I don't take it out, then yeah, then, okay, stop for a second, go take the chicken out of the freezer and make sure it's getting thawed. Then immediately go back to your prayer. But if it does not have to happen immediately, which rarely what has to happen immediately? Usually, probably not too much, unless someone's hemorrhaging or you know has a, is missing an arm or a leg. You know, I, this is things that my mother would say. We get the point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, but write down the things that are you're losing your t- uh, attention to, including aches and pains, any sights and sounds around you. Um, you know, write these down and let them go. Don't pay attention to them. Write them down and then say, I will deal with these things when I'm done praying. Now, on the other side, have a, another piece of paper there that if you feel that God is you know, saying anything to you in that moment, write it down. Write that down on the other sheet of paper so that you can come back to it later if you need to. But the pains and the things that are trying to distract you from your prayer, write them down 
and set them aside and say, I will deal with these when I'm done praying. See, I have a similar way of doing it, but I don't write anything down. Um, and I think that's how you, that's, I think you've told me in the past, that's how you pray, isn't it? With your Yeah, absolutely. Because if I don't write it down, I, I won't stop thinking about it because I'll say to myself, oh, but what if I forget? Because I have a really bad memory. And I mean like yeah. really, really bad memory. I will forget. I will walk into a room constantly and I will stand there for five minutes thinking, now why in the world did I come in here? And what did I come in here for? Um, I did it three times today in, in about 20 minutes. So I don't write things down mainly because I don't care. Uh, sure. <laughs> so if I forget it, I forget it. But what I do, and instead of writing things down as a distraction, come like come back to it later. If something enters my mind as I'm trying to focus on God, and whether whatever it is, I, usually I'm not looking at something. If I am, I'm at my home altar and I'm staring at, I am staring at an image of Jesus. Um, but as things enter my mind, all I, I, I just, I feel like I'm just giving them to God. It just good. Here you go. Take it away. Wh- whatever it yeah. is. And it's it's. Well, you're right. When you, you said that the devil tries to distract you, and it's really weird. And it might be for me because I'm just, I I don't know. I'm a, maybe just very sinful guy. But it's always sinful things that pop into my head. Sure. It's Absolutely. Not, it's not. You got to take the chicken out. It's not. You get the vacuum. It's, uh. It's 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 lust. It's, yeah. It's hate. It's yeah. It's it's all these things that just uh are trying to like really distract me from from God and and that's where I just hand them up send you have them, to send them that's up absolutely and right. they're out of my mind and then for whatever reason and I think it's God doing it it goes away I, it, like yeah whatever it is it goes away and then if while as I'm doing that I get rid of all the regular distractions and yep. then naturally the things that I want to pray pray about just pop into my head and that's when I just send them to God and like yeah I don't even know that I'm doing it sometimes. Sometimes I am. And it's like, okay, well, I have to pray for, you know, my, my buddy's grandmother who is sick or just died. Here we go. But oftentimes the people in my lives that I'm not even thinking about, I'm not even going into prayer with the intention of praying for them. They just pop into my head. It's like, here you go, God, take care of them, please. And yeah, and, and that's, that's, I, I always find that really cool. And it just seems to work for me. Um, and, and maybe it's writing things down. Maybe it's, maybe it's not, maybe it's something well, different. And see, you're hitting on like the sec. So there's, okay. If we're going to talk, uh, St. Teresa of Avila, and I'm so glad that you hit this point because it's kind of like the next logical step to what I was starting with. And it's perfect. It's, this is perfect because the first thing is when you're experiencing your, um, what St. Teresa of Avila would say is when you're journeying through the interior castle, when you're going through the interior castle, you're going to go through all these different like levels. And the first basic level is physicality, right? Dealing with the physical things. So someone who's just beginning this journey might spend most of their time in prayer focusing on the physicalness around them. And then once you're able to do that, you know, get beyond that, then you're going to start noticing the things inside of you, that they're dirty things inside of you, the wants that you have inside of you, the things that are going to distract you via, because it's a sin, right? The lust, the envy, the anger, the hatred, the sloth, the, the, um, uh, the consuming one. I can't remember the thing of, um, gluttony. Gluttony. Oh my gosh, my brain. See, my favorite. see, memory. Yeah, my favorite too. My, this is the, this is why I have to write things down because if I don't, like you should see my desk. It's a mess right now because there's just post-it notes everywhere reminding me of the things that I have to do in the next six weeks because we're coming up to a crazy busy time. And anyway, so St. Teresa of Avila is going to tell you like, you're going to go through these different mansions. Um, it, it, and it's, it's going to take 
focus in your prayer to go through these different levels because it's prayer and asceticism. Asceticism. I can't say that word. Yeah, I can never say that word. Um, So we're going to kind of focus on the state of the soul and grace and the soul, how it's surrounded by sin. Um, Then we're going to kind of focus on the practice of prayer, uh, the soul seeking to be daily with God, humble recognition of God's work in our life. Um, and then, uh, going through and truly coming for a love of God and a love for the divine grace, um, so that we start to avoid mortal and venial sin and desire to do the works of charitable service. So like these are, and I'm, we're not doing, I would love to do someday a podcast on the interior castle. Cause it's fascinating. It's a wonderful thing to read. And I encourage everybody, um, sometime in their spiritual life find an explanation that is really good about the interior castles, but like you have to start somewhere. And then I, I, that's why I think I don't want to fo- go too much further than the third interior cast in, uh, interior mansion, because the third mansion is essentially that, that is finally, we're at that point of where we love God so much. All we want to do is just praise him, worship him, be with him forever. But we often can't seem to get ourselves beyond that first stage. Or the second stage, because the first and second are so close together and they're so difficult because that first is getting rid of the physicality, right? Getting rid of those things that are distracting us, um, getting rid of the fact that you forgot to pull the chicken out for dinner. I, I mean, there are people that are still stuck there and that's okay. It's okay. You know, don't feel that you've, you're lost and you're done forever. You have to now take that next step. You have to take that next step into trusting God, but it's going to be a hard one. Because like Vince said, it's going to be the one where you experience God in his mercy because he's going to allow you to experience these thoughts and temptations of sins or memories of having performed these sins. He's going to show you this, but you have to like give it away. And that's, that's a really hard step. And that's why I would never say to write that phase down. That's not one that I'm saying write down because like that's a that's that's a bad thing to write down. You don't want to write that one down. And your act of giving it to God is perfect because that's what we need to do in that moment is, you know, and this is where the oh my god, I am truly sorry for having messed up kind of prayer of saying, "Here God, I give it to you because whether it's a temptation or it's something that I've done in the past and allowing God to take it, that's allowing us to step into the next stage of contemplative prayer. And I think I I have a story that matches up to this that actually happened to me. Um, And I I don't remember if I shared this or not in the past, but there very, one of the very first times I was able to really enter into this type of prayer. um, And if if you notice, I have not said contemplative because I'm really bad at saying it this whole entire time. You can say the A word and I'll say the C word. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I had, my wife and I had an argument, um, and, um, we argue, you know, it happens. And for whatever reason, this one was really bothering me. And so whenever the next time I came into prayer, uh, like it's all I could think of. And I was really having a hard time like getting past that. And I was eventually able to offer that to God. Like I was saying before, like I do. And then immediately and like, I'm a very selfish person. I'll just, I'll be the first to admit it. I just am. Immediately I get like this message from God. Like I know it's, it's him. It's not me. This, this nothing that's ever crossed my mind in before. 
even though it's so simple and I should know it is because I had said some like mean things to my wife and he, and God says to me, you and your wife are the same person. And whatever you say to her that hurts her also hurts you. And, and so you need to basically work together and be kind to your wife and that the things that you do when you're being selfish, not only hurts her, but hurts you as well because you guys are in a relationship together. And it was just so powerful for me. So like I stopped right what I was doing and I wrote it down. Like I have, I I pretty much wrote like three paragraphs in a row of like what I experienced because there's a lot more there. And I woke woke my wife up because she was sleeping and I was like, this is what just happened to me. This is amazing and I'm really sorry. And and like that was just like the best, that was probably the best experience in prayer I've ever had. And it was one of the ones that really solidified like this is the type of prayer that I want to pray all the time because that was the first time in my life I heard God actually talking to me. And see, those are amazing moments. Honestly, those are outstanding moments in our prayer life where we can truly hear God. And now the thing is, like you said, you, this is all you want. This is the only prayer that you want to experience. And I don't say this to be mean or anything, but it's just the fact of um, you might not enter into that moment again for you know a long how time. how many dry spells I've had since then? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I, I mean, we all have dry spells. And if you think about uh, St. Mother Teresa, who had a dry spell for most of her life, and yet, yet she continued on her journey of seeking out Christ and doing his will and experiencing him through other people. But it did still was like this dry spell. Wow, we that's really what we need to focus on in our prayer. Yeah, most certainly. And, and it's it's tough. It's tough. And we have to be truly, truly devoted to prayer to be able to experience that. And it might come to us and sometimes it might not. Right. You know, that's the same thing with me and, um, praying about the priesthood. Um, you know, for anybody that knows me, knows that I've always wanted to be a priest since I can ever remember, but that doesn't mean it wasn't hard. And there were moments that I'm, I, you know, I throw my hands up in the air and just say, um, and no, I'm not waving them like I just don't care. You know, I'm, I'm like, just God, I don't want to do this anymore because I can't do this. And there's just, whether it's through someone else or himself speaking to me, there's just that moment of reassurance. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's what I want. I always want that. But we call that experience a mountaintop experience because it's, it, harkens a lot to the experience that um, Peter had on the mountain at the transfiguration. And Peter said to the Lord, let's, let's build these tents here. And let's, let's stay here. But what did Christ do? He said, no, you know, you ha- we have to go back down this hill. We have to go back to daily life. But Peter didn't want to. No, 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 Lord, let's stay here. Let's stay here. I want to stay here because I can be here with Moses and Elijah and you, and this is wonderful. And Christ, you know, by not saying anything and going back down the mountain, he said, we have to go back. We have to go back. And he continued on his journey to his death. And so we enter into this same experience that Peter had and that, all um, all of the other apostles at some point in their life had this mountaintop experience. And another mountaintop experience is the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. You know, all of the apostles received the Holy Spirit at that moment. 
from that very scary place, but then all of a sudden they're on this mountaintop. But what does the Lord do? He, he sends them out to all corners of the earth. And so that's where our prayer is going to be. And, and we're going to have those dry spells and we're going to have those difficult moments, but we have to step back into that contemplative prayer. That's going to call us back to love and mercy and forgiveness and patience and kindness justice yes but justice tempered by mercy because the true justice that matters is the justice of the father but the father doesn't um you know if god the father were to judge us according to his justice there's no salvation for any of us we're all damned to hell but because of his love and his mercy you know that's the only way that we have any salvation so we must be like the father and I'm not saying this as a political statement. I'm saying this as a truth. I am not a Democrat or Republican. I am a Catholic. And as a Catholic, my statement is this, the same as we have always been told, love one another, reprove your brother where he needs to be reproved, call each other to the justice of the Father, do so in mercy, turn off the damn television, Get off of social media. Walk away from the political arguments that are incessant and pointless and just a waste of energy and actually get to know one another. For God's sakes, they're a human being. Amen, brother. And there's a big difference between justice and vengeance. So it's important that we understand the difference there. But I think that's a Great place to end this episode today. So I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And if you haven't already subscribed, please hit that like button. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That way we come to you every single week. And uh, speaking of, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary. So I believe next next week we're going to uh, do a recap of uh, of, of where, how, you know, everything that's happened this past year, there's been a lot that happened this past year for Encounter Mercy. And, um, we want to continue doing this. Uh, we like the feedback that we get from you guys. Um, we don't, we're not the biggest podcast out there. We're not making any charts whatsoever, but we have heard, uh, wonderful stories from you, our listeners, um, that, that this has actually made a difference, uh, in your life. And that's the reason why, uh, we continue. We make no money off of this. We have no desire to make any money off of this. Nope. We're doing this to save souls. That's what we want to do. That's our goal. And uh, and so next week we're going to have our uh, our season two opener. Uh, I guess we could call it that. And uh, and I I hope you all tune in for that one. Uh, so Can you believe it. Fifty episodes in, Vince. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and I think there were like one or two weeks that we took off because two. Yeah, just life got in the way. And that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, visit us at uh, EncounterMercy.com and check us out on social media. Until next week, everybody. Peace. Peace.